adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! Welcome to Radio This Week, Calcio Podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the world of Serie A and European soccer. My name is Michael D'Angelo, and with us, as always, we have Paolo Nobiloni Mangoni. Welcome back, everyone. We've got Mr. Chris Baselli. Hello, everybody. We've got Julian Gigi D'Angelo. How's everybody doing tonight? We've got Tony Christie. Is this the way to Amarillo? Now, Paolo, I know... Why- cr- well, I know, I know, cry, I know. Chris was weeping like a willow this weekend. Uh-huh. Oh, Zing. Oh, oh. <laughs> Zing. Or hey, hey, oh, I'm doing okay in third place. What's that? <laughs> yeah, third place. Yeah, you said third place. <laughs> yes. Correct. You're like that, like that meme where they're like <laughs> popping champagne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like all the way down the. <laughs> but actually, that's also why. So, yeah, but no one, no one celebrating uh, as a Juventus fan. Everyone, yeah, everyone, yeah. honestly, like we should, we'll get to this later. But like, uh, no one celebrating. Trust me, no one is celebrating. <laughs> Everybody's crying like a willow as well. Um, let's. Uh, yeah, but we hey, won this weekend, so yeah, it's true. That's true. With, uh, with on some inspiration um, yeah. from beans. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, we had I mean, maybe uh, it's a magical fruit. Well, beans means magic fruit. It's right, magic so magic that it uh, it it led Allegri produced, to victory. Exactly, <laughs> produced produced inspiration. But uh, very insane powers. Um, yeah, we've uh, we're, we're we're back. We're both back this week as well. We had uh, obviously a, a nice show last week, gentlemen. How, how how did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy Paul and I not being there? <laughs> um. That was different. I mean, uh, we probably had record low ratings because people had to listen to me for fifty percent of the show. So I'm glad you guys are back. <laughs> mm, I'm not sure that's the there's a correlation. There. I think they're probably the record. It's actually like record playthrough. So <laughs> people people have been really excited to have you guys be the only voices on this podcast from here on out. I think it was just all the anti anti Uve propaganda that just kind of got. A lot of our listeners involved. Yeah, but Paul and I do that anyways. <laughs> yeah, that with with us, it's from the heart, though. You guys, it's just out of pain. <laughs> it's right, <laughs> which is also out of the heart. It's a bleeding heart. <laughs> yeah, stab wounds from or or trample horse trample wounds. Is that better, Paul? Uh, just more like out of disgust, to be honest with you. <laughs> Disgust out of like the smell of horse manure. I'm trying to I'm um, trying to link this to Allegri. 
Cavallo. <laughs> Cavallo. Oh, ooh. oh no, Cavallo. No. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're, we're happy to be back, and uh, thanks for carrying the weight. Um, the it, it probably was a lot without Paulo and I. I know, like you said, we do carry the show, so it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna sit back and relax again this week because I think like you guys honestly you guys did a great job and like I don't need to um, I don't need to talk as much that's that's what I've learned I will say we still don't have a nickname for you that was our goal for the yeah, that's right. show and then we we forgot about it. it it was also a goal a couple of shows ago and still didn't get one so it's <laughs> so it's hey, a goal for this show no matter for what. this show yeah so I gotta start like saying catchphrases and then maybe something will stick I like it yeah yeah, I'll I'll try and think. I'll I'll try and think outside inside the boxes. We'll see. We'll see what comes up. It's got to be natural. It's got to be something that's fun. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. Let's uh let's get into it. Uh, we've got yeah uh a very interesting match day uh for certain aspects of the table. So we'll get through. We'll talk through all those. Uh, and then, of course, in the later half, we will go through all of the happenings in Europe uh, from the previous week because we also had a lot with that. There was uh, some some stupid stuff, but that's what to what's to expect with Italian teams in Europe these days. But uh, again, we'll get to that in the later half of the show. Um, and then, Paul, do you have a Serie B minute? We'll finish with that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I might as well do it because I wasn't there last week, so yeah. That's right. So you're. That's right. We we don't pay you if you don't show up. So we have to pay you for every segment you do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's start then. We had uh, on Saturdays when the game started. Uh, so we had Napoli who opened up the weekend against Sassuolo, and yeah, I mean, a a showing from Napoli. Um, it, it's it's almost like they just <laughs> wanted to get the day over with because from the fourth minute they were already up one nothing awesome scores uh he scores again in the 19th minute for a brace Cavaradonna scores before the half ends make it three nothing and then uh Osman gets a hat trick uh goal later in the in the match in the 77th minute so it's uh yeah pretty dominant performance from Napoli what do we what do we think of their uh, exploits well I was talking to um uh, some Napoli fans friends of the show and I think the best way to he put, described it the best, they are unplayable at the moment. They, like, they just, no one can play them because they're just that good. They're unbeatable? Uh, I mean, they're what still undefeated, think, yes, but, but what, unplayable what makes in the sense them, that... Yeah. What makes them unplayable, though? Well, in the sense that, uh, again, I'll, the Italian media are talking about it as the most modern... Uh, style of play so far this season, and, and it's because uh, they're always looking to find open spaces, and I think that's what's that's what's so unplayable about them is because they're just they when you watch them, they're enjoying how they play, and and they're having fun, and when you combine those two and with the fact with that skill. they're looking like exactly that they're looking for spaces and they're having fun. I that that's why they're unbeatable and they're unplayable. Yeah, I think 
it ties into I don't know if this is what you were alluding to, Paulo, but what mm. Spalletti said maybe earlier last week, it might have been around Champions League. But anyways, he kind of came out and said that there aren't really formations anymore, and that's yep. it's just a matter of you look for the space that they give you, and vice versa. And I think Napoli are are just one of the clubs that are doing the best job of that right now. I, I don't think what he said is anything new in my opinion. I don't think that's something that hasn't been done before. I, I'm a big fan of what Guardiola does with his teams. And I think his teams do well, exactly that. But I mean, I look think, at, well, you say, mentioned Guardiola. Spalletti is yeah. the first one to just come out and, and just be blunt and say that. Go ahead. No, but you mentioned Guardiola and, and uh, I mean, he learned from Johan Cruyff who invented, uh, well, not invented, who, who played in, uh, total football, which total football, uh, if any any cultural historians or football historians uh, know, is that each player uh, didn't have a set position; they just rotated throughout the field. And I mean, you can't do that today, but I mean, you can do that in the front three. If you look at Napoli and 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 how they're playing uh, offensively, eat like. Each of their offensive players just rotate around on around the field, and for for example, if they need um, a change of pace, they can just throw on Simeone for uh, for Osimhen, who's a different type of player who can hold up the ball, who can uh, who's more aggressive in the air, and then you can throw on Raspadori, who can rotate uh, between each of the three positions at ease with ease. Um, I mean, the uh, reason why. We didn't put Napoli so far ahead is because I remember saying this when we did the the rankings. There were still two weeks left in the in the transfer market, and right. I said that's two weeks is a lot. They can change their whole team uh, if they bring in the right players, and they did. Uh, so I, I guess we we should have waited, but you know, uh, those are the breaks. Yeah, I think mentioning too that they're having fun playing is like a it's a different i mean yeah it's a different mentality i think again there's a lot of uh in city ah there's a lot of like worry almost if that makes sense and just like um well compared to a certain you know team that we're both fans of uh, yeah and like it, it, there's well there's expectation there with with a team like juventus for example um, just because again, they, they're always expecting to, to perform because they have, again, they have the dollars or whatever. And whether that's uh, a fair thing to put on a team that obviously isn't getting coached well, or isn't, uh, willing to listen to the coach is one thing, but just the fact that the team at Napoli, just to pivot back is, you know, having success while also proving that you can do it in a like amicable way, if that makes sense. Like, again, it, it, it just gives a little bit more credence to what Spalletti has been able to, you know, put into work because it's like, it's clearly, uh, it's clearly working. You know what I mean? Like there, it's not just in Serie A and we'll talk about that later, but like, if you're able to bring, it's the same thing in like other sports, if you're able to bring a little bit more of a positive mentality, like mm-hmm. that, that, that doesn't cloud every, move that you make it almost like frees you right mm-hmm. so it's such an interesting um approach and again it's it's good it's obviously paying off for them 
And that too. And there's a lot of young players as well. Yeah. And that that's helping. Right. Uh, because they bring a different mentality and they don't bring the baggage that of exp- the baggage of bad experiences, I guess. Yeah. I mean, some True. experience is good, but, um, but, but like the 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 brutal memories of losing, like for example, if you look at Insigne and the fact that uh, mm-hmm. they had ninety one points and they still lost the Scudetto uh, right. title that season, uh, there's none of that. That that team is gone. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. remnants of that team. Yeah, so Body it's almost Wii, like maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. No, I don't think so. No. Well, no, I think, so. I think it came after. But but even then, like again, you have you're right. Like there's no. There's always a, there's a belief. It's a maybe a naive belief, but it's still a belief nonetheless because like you're able to just like again think that you can win just based on your abilities I alone. I don't think I don't think they're 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 projecting to win. I, I, I mean, we'll get into some comments later, but I think right now they're just enjoying themselves, and that's what's that's what makes them so dangerous. Yeah, no fair. Julian, what do you think? Um, I mean, hey, I got it way wrong. I didn't even have him finishing top seven. Um, Again, we did it too early, Julian. Don't, don't, don't be hard. <laughs> uh, those are excuses. I put them in fourth. <laughs> but fourth no, I mean, they look really good. They're <laughs> rolling on all cylinders, clearly. So it's kudos to Spalletti. He's got them. Honestly, he's playing as one of the best teams in Europe right now. So it's yeah, good for him. Right. I just hope Sp- he brings his duck to the uh, the party at the end of the year. Yeah, um, just to add to that quickly, Spalletti obviously deserves credit, but also their sporting director. I think it's Juntoli. Mm-hmm. Um, just to go back to what Paulo said, you know, bring got in the past when Napoli have had these strong teams that failed towards the end of the season. I think that one common theme was usually a lack of depth. But then you, like you said, you add in guys like Raspadori, Simeone, so that all the pressure isn't on Osimhen. Um, right. I would just argue they're still. Finn at center back. I don't want to go on a rant or anything. And obviously, I hope nobody gets hurt. But I feel like if Kim Min Jae were to be out for a significant amount of time, I don't know how Napoli would be able to fill his spot. For me, he's been incredible and doesn't really get enough attention because of all the attacking players. But that's just a, a side note. So I, I'm glad you brought up the defense um, because, yeah, of, of course. Kim is uh, irreplaceable and, and uh, at this point, but um, Ostegard has been playing well, to my surprise, because I I thought uh, I, I thought he didn't do well with Genoa the previous season uh, before they got relegated, um, but I guess he's coming in and playing against playing well against the smaller teams, allowing Rachmani uh, to 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 take a break. And and then allowing Orkmani to come in to play against the bigger teams, which shows somewhat of uh, depth at defense. But again, maybe they need another center back to a, a decent center back to to cover Kim just in case something goes wrong there. Okay. Well, I think it's going to be. Yeah, it's the story so far, obviously. We'll see how they can maintain it. But again, like we mentioned, they, they're just on a killer uh, killer run to open up this season. So it's uh, it could have been Napoli's year. We'll see. Should 12 we, games in. Should we say the stats? Uh, 
uh, Michael. If you want. So they, so they played 17 games so far this season. Um, they've won 15, drawn two, in all competitions, of course. And then they scored 50 goals for wow. an average of 2.94 goals per game. Jeez. And they only conceded 13. That's a lot of goals. <laughs> that's a, that's a a thirty seven a, a plus thirty seven goal difference. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on because there are much bigger fish to fry, including this next fish, leche, big fish. <laughs> and who fried this fish? Beans. <laughs> fried it with beans. Re- refried, refried beans. Refried beans. Uh, Lecce hosted Juventus. Sorry, oh, no. Terrible joke. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, mine or Paulo's? Just all around. I keep it <laughs> boo this man. Say boo or boo earns. I was saying boo earns. Um, yeah, Lecce hosts Juventus and Juve come away with a victory uh, based on a moment of inspiration from uh, Fajol. Fazul, Fazul. Fazul. Uh, Fajoli scores a beautiful um, shot. What, 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 how would we describe that, Paulo? Is it like a Del Piero S? Because that's what I've heard. I've heard people describing it that way, and I don't disagree. Um, yeah, I don't disagree either. He, he didn't really take a run up either. So I, it was almost he, like, yeah. Again, it was it was almost more of a Tiragir. Yeah, yeah, you know, I can see that. Uh, but anyways, it was a beautiful shot. It uh, kind of went across the net. If no one's following this, I thought it took a deflection this. first. To be honest with you, like uh, yeah, like when I was watching it live, I'm okay. Well, right. that took a deflection, right? But it on, didn't. Yeah, it, re- just, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't actually. Beautiful shot. Yeah, it, it was. It was almost worthy of our goal of the match day, but uh, almost, almost, almost. Uh, but yeah, he kind of turns, uh, shoots it into the far right corner of the net. Uh, again. Beautiful goal, and that's all that it took to uh, uh, to come away with the victory. It was a, a, a hard game for Juventus. I think they just couldn't find a way to break through a lot of the time uh, against the stubborn Lecce. But uh, you know, Lecce, full credit, they they kind of put the gears to UA to make sure they weren't able to um, to get more. Uh, though, again, I got to say that Lecce, I guess back right side, was like attacked pretty frequently. Uh, it, it seemed like, again, they had a game plan. But the only issue for Juventus is that on the left side, they have Alexandro. So it's not <laughs> really... <laughs> it wasn't really... Um, yeah, there's no... Uh, there's no breakthrough there. Wait, so uh, I believe Ealing Jr. was playing left back, correct? Did I he see, come on for Alexandro? I think he came on. He came on at one point. Um, I, I can check that. I think so, from uh, what I've seen when he comes on, though, he's more of like an attacking winger. I yeah, think, he, at least. But, like, again, the, I, was, I was watching Italian TV and they made the comment that, um, you know, Ealing Jr. Is, has played X amount of minutes or has played in the last two and a half games before as, you know, injury. Yeah. Which, which that, Michael, that was a red, that should have been a red card. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, the, so, the tackle from the Di tackle Francesco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that he came on for Costage, so he actually is taking that further fi- okay. upfield okay. role. Um, so he's playing the left side there, but yeah, Costage yes. actually had a good game too. Costage is like he's a workhorse. He'll go, he'll try to make things happen. It's just again, sometimes it's like premature, or sometimes he just doesn't. He's yeah. a more competent Krasic. 
Yes. Yes. If you want to, if you want to say it that way, sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, because Crass is also Serbian, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Like the the comment was that uh, from Italian TV that Ailing Junior has has made more crosses than Alexandro all season. He's played two and a half games. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's where. Yeah. And he, and yeah, and he, he got injured. Yeah, he, <laughs> he got injured. Yeah, and he got in. Yeah. Uh, and that brings me to my next point was uh, if you want to talk about red cards and we were having a discussion before we started about red cards, that, that was a red card. Um, yeah, I agree. Defense just got no chance of winning the ball, lunged and was only given a yellow. But moving that aside, um, we're, I think I saw a stat that there's 12 players for Juventus unavailable for the midweek game, for their next yeah. game. Yeah, 12. Which is, which is a lot. Which is a lot. Yeah, it's like half a team. Sure. So, I mean, to be only 10 points back with that many injuries, I'll take it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like that, that, that could, I mean, 12 injuries at this point of the season, that could like ruin your, like the rest of the season. But yet they're still within quote unquote touching distance uh, with, uh, with about a third of the season gone. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in relative terms, sure. I think just compared to how poorly they were, they played last year to open the season, this is like a little bit better. But still, you've only won half of your games, right? Compared to, uh, I mean, you can't compare to Napoli. But I mean, I guess they, if we look at like second place, for example, 27 points. So that's only, to your point, five points back. Yeah. Right? So it's, uh, yeah. So, um Quickly, because I don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, a lot of talk from from Italian media about Conte to Juve. I want a round table. Yes or no? I say no, because I think it's, I think it's just fantasy. Because again, like I said many times earlier this season, Allegri's on a nine million euro contract. Uh, if this winning streak continues in through the World Cup break, he stays. Because then the the talk was that if. They're still doing shit that he's going to get sacked at, at the World Cup break. So, Michael? Uh, I wouldn't hate it, but I mean, I've I've always wanted him to come back, to be honest. But that's – that was – I wanted him to come back when, like, yeah. I I would I would entertain it. That's, that's the, what I'll say. I'll entertain it. The non-Juventus fans? Yeah, Julian. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, I don't see him – Wanting to leaving Spurs yet. Um, I mean, they have obviously the Premier League has infinite the amount of money that Serie A does. He can build whatever team he wants. I know if he doesn't win anything this year, then he might get fed up and leave. Um, the thing I'm really interested to see with Conte though is if he finally gets past the group stage of the Champions League, which we can touch on later. Um, yeah, in terms exactly, of going to Juve, exactly. I don't yes. see it happening. Yes, we'll, we'll touch now. on that later. Um, but yeah, I don't <laughs> see it happening now. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I mean, Spurs are third in their league right now, five points back of Arsenal. So, I, I, I and like Julian said, they're, they're still they still have a chance of getting out of the group stage. So I, I can't see why Conte would want to leave that current situation for Juve. Now, come the summer, I think it's a different story. If Spurs, you know, finish in sixth and mm-hmm. crash out of Champions League, crash out of Europa League, then 
we all know how dramatic he is. I'm sure he gets up and leaves, but um, for right now, I don't see it happening. Yeah, but what you don't understand is the heart factor. Okay, well, okay, about that. He about coached that Inter. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, Fermani, Julian, Fermani. Well, uh, also, no, more than that. Um, what has to be solved first is the relationship between Andrea Agnelli and Antonio Conte. Because if you, I don't know if you, Julian, I think you remember, uh, there was one game where uh, Conte uh, flipped uh, him flipped, off. He flipped him off exactly. Flipped him off uh, when he was at Inter, and yeah. uh, I mean uh, that's what I don't. They were talking about that. Then I, that's why I don't how I don't understand how they came to the conclusion of linking Conte back to Juve when there's still no clear cut answer on if that relationship has been mended. Um, I would say probably not because Agnelli doesn't really seem like the forgiving type. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We may never know. No, no, exactly. (laughs) And just uh, uh, Italian media just like astonishes me sometimes. Like just (laughs) the lack of like forethought and just logic. It's again, it's emotion. True. Oh, clickbait. That's right. That's right. Okay, let's. Uh, let's. We've gotten through two games, and it's already been forty minutes. So let's continue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we'll just quickly go through these. So Inter hosted Samp, um, and Julian, what uh, what happened there in this game? Three nothing. Fairly, yeah, fairly straightforward. Sampdoria do not look good. Um, I think the main talking point was that it was Stankovic coming back to the Giuseppe Meazza, so they was a nice banner for him in the Curva. Um, DeVries scored 20th minute, Barella 44th, Correa 73rd, um, fairly straightforward 3-0 win. Now, the other talking point was one of the old leaders of Inter's Curva was mysteriously killed in his apartment. Uh, they found him with gunshot wounds. So the Curva up and left in the 50th minute and forcefully uh, made basically all the random bystanders who were seated in that area leave with them. Um, so kind of a strange move, uh, but I was actually happy to see that Inter released a statement condemning that. Um, so yeah, we'll see if there's any, any kind of rebuttal from that from them. So my take on this is, um, I don't know if you guys remember Football Factories. Yeah. Uh, Danny Dyer, watch the, watch the Italy episode. Um, they're, they're just, it's like, um these groups they're not real fans they're just a brand of organized violence and they just go to the stadiums to promote their economic interests um so to 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 have them force out just normal people is disgusting and if they really cared they could have left and just did their own pay their own respects that way instead of forcing just random people who have no connection to this so-called fan club or ultra group to enjoy watching the game Uh, I mean if if Inter really wants to do something they can ban that group from ever attending, like for from ever attending games ever again, 
that will show us a, a signal. I remember uh, Juventus did the exact same thing when they were caught giving them free tickets. But this is years ago. can't remember mm-hmm. when, but years ago. And they only recently returned not too long ago after uh, a, a long hiatus. Um, again, th- this and this is a problem all throughout Italy, uh, especially with the big clubs as well. So, I mean, nothing's going to change, unfortunately, if the clubs don't realize and say, okay, well, we don't want that type of behavior in the stands. And then if they want to build a new stadium, do they, th- like, do they want these types of people to come in a state-of-the-art stadium and and act like uh, thugs? And it's a question that they have to ask themselves, and I hope the answer is no. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? They're ingrained, and I'm not just, like, I'm not excusing their behavior by any means, but they're ingrained well within the club and well within most clubs in Italy. So it, it would almost take all the clubs kind of fighting back against... Then, then at that point, it has to be the state to intervene. Because then there's like, the clubs can't do it on their own. Like, the state has to has to legislate something, or at some point, instead of having stewards in the stadiums, then they, they have to have police officers. I don't know if I missed it, Julian, but uh, why did they leave in the 50th minute? Was he... That I don't old, know. Or... I think no, so. Because it, it was Sorry, confirmed. Yeah. It was confirmed. Because I was again, I was watching uh, the Italian show uh, tonight, and it was confirmed that the news that uh, that this guy was shot. So it was confirmed so at that point. At that point, that's when they left. Oh, then, I see. Yeah, and then and then I guess the 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 so the 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 Corva leaders don't move, and it was the younger members. Uh, of the core uh, of the of the ultra group going to normal people and saying i would suggest you leave or else or else and threatening them so they all left right they threatened them to leave with them or, or suffer the consequences exactly yes yeah i mean just think about it, like that this doesn't happen in north american sports and just maybe just like a couple of General fans. thuggery? Yeah, general thuggery doesn't happen. Yeah. Maybe some drunken fights every once in a while, but like general thuggery, no. Right. Anyways, well, we already know that Intermare does, so I mean, whatever happens with them. Hey, they're just before we move on, they're on a pretty good winning streak. Ever since that Roma loss, they tied the one game against Barca and they've won every other game. So maybe Inter not Merda. Maybe not. Maybe not. Sometimes maybe good, or sometimes maybe <laughs> shit. Uh, okay, let's let's go on. Did you actually talk about the game? So it ended. You said three nothing. <laughs> yeah, three nothing win. Goals from Devray, um, Varela from Bastoni. Kind of a replay of that old uh, goal against Juve, um, mm-hmm. and then Correa with the. Uh, Nice goal, Maisie run, kind of from half, and yeah. Yet still not our goal of the match day, and we'll get to that. I swear to God, we will. And uh, just yeah. one more point, and 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 this situation deterred from the fact that Inter had a good win. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. 
Uh, okay, moving on to Sunday's matches. So we opened up with Empoli, who were host to Atlanta. Uh, and that game ends 2-0 for Atlanta. Hattabor in the 32nd and Lookman scores in the 59th. Uh, and that's all it took, 2-0. Uh, so they, that was Hattabor's yeah. first goal in like two years. Wow. Yeah. Brav. Fatto no bono job. Uh, and that's uh, Atlanta rebounding off of uh, a loss last week to Lazio. So that's an uh, important victory for them. Uh, moving on, we had Cremonese host to Udinese. And uh, this was a nil-nil draw. Paul, any quick notes on that game? I think what's important to note is that Udinese, after having such a good start, uh, have now, in the last four games, drawn, drawn, lost, drawn. So, I mean, again, not... Horror awful, but you know, not as good well, as, as it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I think teams probably started realizing, or the fact that um, they don't have a, they don't have depth to depth to, to rotate because they also played uh, in the Copa Italia, uh, right? A few like what was it last week, Julian? Yeah, against yeah. Uh, Monza, and they lost. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I think at this point is is where teams start to struggle for fitness because of the amount of games that they're uh, that they're playing uh, so and, and a, a team is like Udinese doesn't have the depth as you know obviously as Napoli but just to make an example comparison uh, also um, De Lufeo in this game missed the sitter uh, which could have easily changed the result as well okay uh, next up we had Spezia host to Fiorentina. This game ends uh, 2-1 in Fiorentina's favor. Milenkovic scores 14 minutes in. Um, Balenzola in the 35th would tie it, but a uh, late goal from Arthur Cabral after a red card from Nicolau. Oh, that was um, a dumb. That was a dumb red card. What? Explain. Like, 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 well, no, because it was a dumb challenge. Yeah. Explain like, it was what a really happened. bad. Like, well, again, it was. Uh, he he lunged in. It, it was like incredibly high. Uh, wasn't even close. Like it, it was similar to Di Francesco, but this was like straight on. Like he lunged right. in, studs up. Uh, wasn't even close to the ball on on Cabral. Like it, it was a clear red card. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they had to go to VAR if I'm not mistaken to confirm it. But but yeah, it was a it was a clear red card. Red. Yeah. Uh, well, again, Fiorentina come out on top 2-1, um, I guess, in uh, in favor of that. I guess getting a, playing a man up for the last uh, last 10 minutes of the game. Um, moving on, we had Lazio host to Salernitana. Uh, Lazio actually get the first goal before the half uh, from Zaccagni in the 41st minute. Makes it 1-0. And then in the second half, we actually had our goal of the match day. So let's play you that one from uh, Antonio Kondreva. Matsoki. And now Kondreva. Fabulous control. What a finish that is! Kondreva comes back to Horn Lazio. No celebration, but he's grinning from ear to ear. Lazio's defense is finally breached. And it took a moment of magic to do so. So that's uh, Antonio Kondreva grinning like an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, scores what uh, we will 
classify as a doink. It was a uh, very, very uh, smart, heady play from the veteran. Uh, so he gets the ball from uh, the midfielder. He, he, he kind of traps it right in front of, or right at the top of the box. Uh, and the keeper was trying to, I guess, play it or, or thought to kind of close him down. And uh, clearly with all that space, Kajoba uh, decides to lob it up and it, uh, it just finds its way right into that sweet spot to to lob the keeper. So that is our goal of the match day. Uh, Antonio Kandreva, take a bow. Yeah, I really enjoyed that ball from Mudzaki as well. Uh, yeah. Over to Kandreva. Uh, I thought this was an outstanding pass. Yeah. Uh, so that was the 1-1 goal. Uh, and then Fazio in the 68th scores, and then uh, Dia in the 76th actually uh, would put it away. So Salernitana with a surprise victory over Lazio, three to one. Ex ex Roma player, Federico Fazio? Fazio. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, so again, the talking point from this game, other than Fazio, who's a Roma uh, ex Roma player scoring, um, is the the yellow card. It, it, actually, some incidents. Well, uh, I think we had a big discussion off air as well. So uh, let's start with the Milinkovic Savage yellow card. So Milinkovic Savage picked up a yellow uh, and is suspended for the, the, the Derby de la Capitale. So uh, uh, Julian, help me out here. So he was passing the ball with it outside of his foot. And then his follow through touched the Salarian Tanner player. Yeah. It looked like he, so like he's running ball at his feet. He knocks a pass outside of his foot as he's coming back down on said foot. He passed with, he kind of stepped on the guy's foot slash ankle. And even though like the only way that were to happen would be if the defender was late on the challenge, um, he ended up with the yellow card. Yeah. And also, uh, Blinkovich Savage made an effort to avoid contact as well. If you watch the whole, the whole replay. So that, that was that. So it was, it was a bad call from the referee. And, and then that's where, um, the I guess the the breakdown happened. Um, if you look at what happened, like the re- the reaction from Lazio, uh, you know, Milinkovic Savage, their best player, suspended for an important game against Roma, uh, and then they just lost their heads, and then they lost the three point. Uh, they lost the the points at that point be- uh, because Milinkovic Savage came on to try to uh, win the game, and they eventually lost. Mm-hmm. Which if you know, I mean, the, like, it, even if even if he was suspended, even if he picked up that yellow card, that doesn't justify losing your head because you still have a job to do before before you play Roma. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, it's a bad loss for Lazio. I don't know. I mean, they were also on a very good run of form. I don't know if one of these kind of were coming to kind of like knock them back down to earth a little bit. Um, but I mean, again, we'll see how they bounce back, right? To me, you're always going to have games where you're going to screw up. You're going to lose a game you should have won. It all depends on how you answer back. Well, so they play, play, they play midweek and then they play Roma on the weekend. But you wanted to talk about you both, you and Chris wanted to talk about the the challenge on Lazuri from I think it was Bradarich, I think. Yeah, that was see to me that was a straight red. Like to me, he comes in, he's late, he's high. It's 
studs right on ankle. It's literally a textbook red card in my opinion. Yeah, that was my, that was my reaction as well. It's definite red card, studs up. Um, I think it's kind of between. Yeah, it's definitely ab- above his ankle, so straight red. Okay, so for me, I don't think it was a straight red because if you look at other the other red cards that we saw this weekend, um, it wasn't as late. For example, as I think it was like um, oh, Michael Helpio with his name. He's a Greek, uh, the the Greek player on um, or the the player from Spezia who took out Cabral. Like that that was you know like foot like foot hard leg hard and took out his knee uh, or or shin or there was the other um red card which will, in the game that we'll get to uh uh from Roma Hellas Verona where um the Verona player literally lunged with his foot up in the air and took out Zaniolo at the knee uh I mean that that's a straight red and, and so was and so was the the Spezia one but Nicolau this, what are you talking about Yeah Nicolau yeah um uh, Nicolau for for Spezia. This one was at least an attempt to get the ball. He missed, caught the player. That's a yellow. That, that that's a hundred percent a yellow, which he didn't even get. He didn't even. There was no foul, no nothing called. So that's what makes it more glaring when compared to what happened to Milligan Savage. Uh, agree to disagree. I don't think other red cards. Dictate. To me, this is still a textbook red card. Like those were probably worse challenges from the sounds of it. I haven't seen them, um, but to me, this is still a textbook red card. It's late, it's high, it's studs. That's red card. I don't know. We've seen many issues with VAR this year. I think this just kind of gets chalked up to another one of those. Right. Okay, we better move on, Michael, or else if we're talking viral, we'll be here. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say, it'll open up a whole other can of worms. Let's talk about yeah. uh, one of the most important matches I think I've ever seen, uh, and that's Torino host to um, AC Milan. <laughs> now, uh, Chris, do you want to painstakingly go through Define every important. minute every, every minute of this game? <laughs> um. I mean, look, Milan had been on a good run of form in Serie A. Um, this was one of those games where outside of the first eight, we should have had two goals, or rather Leal should have had two goals. Uh, Torino, I thought, were the better team. Definitely three points. Uh, even the goal that uh, Milan scored with Messias, I believe it was a miscommunication between Bongiorno, I think it was, and Vanya, the goalkeeper. Uh, it Bonnell, was a yeah. nice finish. Messias still had to do a bit of work to put it away, but it was it was a gift, in my opinion. Um, Torino scored their goals back to back, essentially 30. 30 um, uh, give me a moment here from Miranchuk. Uh, but that's the layout goals. I'm not going to blame the loss on him and I don't think strikers need to finish all of their chances but the two chances that he had early on in the game not only did he not score them but he didn't even come close to scoring he either shanked it or um, put it right at the goalkeeper so it was it was frustrating to see you know you know quote unquote Milan's best player not not do better on chances like that and then it came back to to hurt them and they they came away with uh, with no points so um I'm not going to say I was happy that Milan <laughs> lost. Obviously, I want Milan to win every game. But uh, I think 
if it's going to give them a kick in the ass, the timing is good just because they're about to play an important Champions League match where they more or less need to win. Um, and I feel like Milan are good for a game like this, like once or twice a season where they, they just kind of never really get out of first gear. And this was one of those matches. So uh, Torino deserved the three points. Michael, now, uh, yeah. on, uh, I love how when he talked about uh, the goal, the Messias goal, that uh, Messias pushed Bongiorno. No, that's not with, a foul. With two, th- he pushed them with two it's hands on his back. No. Okay. Watch the replay. I did. He said, "Born or not?" Yeah. So, <laughs> push them. Two point. That was a shove. Plain shove. Um, Varden. The Varden. Uh, that's another mistake from Var. In my opinion, I don't think that goal should have stood because it was a foul on Macias. Uh, we can argue whether or not Vanya. It was put it this way: it was a poor showing for the Malinkovich Savage brothers this this weekend, because uh, you know uh, Sergey gets suspended and Vanya uh, comes out and is in no man's land on that goal. Regardless if it, it, actually, regardless if it was a foul or not, it was a foul, but um, it, it counted regardless uh, for. You know, uh, Milan helped to get back into the game uh, for obvious reasons, Michael. But yeah, uh, we don't need to go into it right now. Uh, again, that was that was just a, a very dumb dumb play. He didn't need to come out that far to to make that play. So, what I want to ask Chris is, um, again, just given the state of, I guess, Milan season in you know Europe, et cetera, like what what would you prefer they do? Do you prefer what happened in the sense that like it looks like that they're looking with an eye towards midweek, or like what do you think the more realistic approach to, uh, I guess, their concentration should be? Uh, I I can't even say that it's not like Pioli, you know, heavily rotated the squad against Torino either. And so I, I just think Milan didn't show up. So, I mean, maybe we can say, yeah, you know, they had one eye on the Champions League game. I think, you know, third place right now is, is fair for them, uh, in the, in the Serie A table. So if I had to, if I had to pick, I would say, yeah, I think they should have, they should be kind of putting all their eggs in the Champions League basket because, uh, they really do need to win that game, and I think it's important just for their confidence to to be able to get out of the group stage uh, after how last year went. And then there's still lots of Serie A left. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to catch Napoli, even if they drop off a little bit. I think it's you know Napoli's going to win, but um, I think yeah, I think the focus needs to be on the Champions League game, which is what it looked like in the Torino match. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, one more question before we move on. Uh, taking off Liao at halftime. Good. Okay. Just playing like shit. I go. We can move on. <laughs> he just wanted to hear it. I just want to hear it. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, we'll move on to uh, the the spooky, uh, the spookiest of match days, uh, or or of days in this match day specifically, and that was Monday's games. Uh, we had Verona. Ooh, Verona. Uh, <laughs> host to Roma. Um, that game actually ends three to one in Roma's favor. Uh, now how do you say this? Da- Davidic? Da- yeah. David Davidovich? 
Davidovich. Davidovich. That makes more sense. Davidovich opened the scoring for Verona. 26 minutes in, I believe. Um, a Zanolo goal, a Volpato goal, and a El Sharawi goal uh, late would uh, actually secure Roma the win. So it it almost it took the whole, almost entirety entirety of the game. Volpato scored in the 88th to break the draw. Um, but uh, after, uh, uh, say it again, Julian <laughs> Davidovich. Davidovich uh, got his goal. He also got a red card. So yeah, that so- uh, kind of turned the game. Yeah, so that was the red card that I was describing earlier. Uh, comes in high on Zaniola, takes out his knee, and it was a. Yeah. It, it wasn't called at the time. Uh, Var had to, to come in and call it. Um, to, to to call the ref to to give the red card, but um, but yeah, no. Tammy hit two posts. Uh, actually, the fir- the first post that he hit, look, it was a wide open. It was actually harder to miss than to score. Um, Do you mean the Zaniolo goal? No, no, the like the before that. Okay. Yeah, he had he had two po- the first post. Yeah. Uh, that was harder to miss. That one, I think the post was unlucky because uh, that was the only spot that he could have put it was short side, uh, and then it was lucky to give to give Daniel his first goal and like since the uh, since the final in uh, in Tirana, pretty sure that was his first goal since that game. So. Uh, that was an important goal for him. His confidence. He was subbed off because, like, he was getting fouled, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he picked up a knock as well. So we'll see. But um, uh, uh, he can't play in midweek anyway, so we'll see if he's fit for for the Lazio game. Um, but yeah, and and then uh, Michael said Volpato scored. Yeah. Uh, that, I think that's his second goal for Roma ever. I think, um, and then El Shuari scored as well. So supposedly, uh, El Shuari has four goals on Halloween. Yeah, very spooky stat for today. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, the next game was Monza host to Bologna, uh, which is a, I guess, an important game for Monza. If you, these are the games you're kind of expecting to be able to perform in, um, and it actually starts off relatively well in the second half. Um, they get the first goal, so they get a PK, and Patenia scores it. Uh, it's one nothing Monza, but uh, not long after that, Ferguson scores for Bologna, uh, and then Orsolini scores in the 73rd uh, to seal the victory for Bologna. So Monza dropped points there. Uh, Bologna worked their way up into 12th with the victory. Um, so, again, uh, not great for a new side, but and actually have lost three in a row after those um, after the, the streak that they were on earlier in the season to with the new manager. Yeah, so here I think Monza could feel a bit hard done, uh, took the lead, and I think um, there was – I think Abishir uh, for Bologna had, could have got a second yellow. But uh, with a with a bad challenge, uh, and and could have played, and and Monza could have had an advantage uh, going into the rest of the second half. But um, again, VAR didn't intervene as well, and also because they can't because it's a, a yellow card offense. Um, just one 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 touch since it's the last game. Maybe they need to look at yellow cards as well, Chris. And we'll, we can talk about that later. But uh, here. It's also Orsolini's first goal in a very long time as well. 
and um, Tiago Mota, as we said last season, you can't beat this guy. Uh, I guess no one has beat him for three straight games in all competitions. There you go. Bravo. Can't beat that guy. <laughs> can't beat that guy. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that will do it for uh, our match day 12 roundup. So, uh, again, just to give you a little bit of a, a hint of where we are. So Napoli again, remain first on 32 points. Uh, Atlanta with 27th, 27 points are in second rather. Uh, Milan are in third with 26. Then it goes Roma, Lazio, Inter with 25, 24, and 24. Juventus at seventh with 22, tied with Udinese at 22. Uh, and then Torino and Salernitana round up the top 10 at 17 and 16 points. And at the bottom of the table, we have um, Cremonese in 20th with five points. So a draw actually levels them with 19th place of Verona, who have lost uh, quite a bit in a row. Uh, Sampdoria with six points find themselves in 18th position. So again, these teams are, are very much at risk, but Lecce not far off with eight points uh, are in safety right now. But uh, again, that's, that's just for now. Um, okay. Why don't we, if there's anything else to, uh, if there's nothing else to add, I should say we should take a quick break, uh, and then we'll get back and, uh, discuss Europe. So are we good gentlemen? Yes, sir. We, if you don't want to get into fire, I think we should take, a break. we, yeah, that's right. yeah, 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 <laughs> we yeah. Take a du- duly noted. And then well, let's take a quick break. Uh, and we'll be right back with, uh, with some more rated this way. Here we go. That's a little werewolf bar mitzvah for you uh, to bring in the second half what of the show. What the hell spooky. was that? It's spooky. <laughs> spooky. Spooky I mean, show. Any Halloween song you could have played, you chose that. You could have played fucking Monster Mash, and it would have been perfect. Did you know Monster Mash is about a, an orgy, a monster orgy? Are you? Are you it taking could be. the piss? Are you taking the piss? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Monster, <laughs> like, monster Mash lyrics. Let's look it up here quickly. He was working in the lab late one night when his eyes beheld an eerie sight. What's more eerie than a bunch of Naked monsters in front of you. Is that for a monster? Well, for my monster from his slab began to rise. He's talking about a penis. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. <laughs> Think about it. It was a great word smash. Come on. Good thing we have the explicit content <laughs> tag. <laughs> Uh, good lord. Anyways, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah is a classic, okay? It, Never it, heard of it. It won Tracy Jordan, uh, I think, uh, an Oscar, perhaps. Tracy Jordan. <laughs> Tracy Jordan. Ask Church. Anyways, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah Spooky Scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, sorry. Uh, let's, let's continue here. 
Um, Wait, Trace, there's another one in 30 Rock? Yeah, 30 Rock. That's right. Yes, that's right. It's a made-up made song. <laughs> well, all songs are made up in, in my defense. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get back to business here. We have um, Europe to uh, waltz through. So we had Champions League uh, early in the week, obviously on Tuesday and on Wednesday. Uh, so we'll start with Tuesday's game. So we had uh, Milan, who were away, I believe, to Dinamo Zagreb. Right, Chris? Uh, yes, it was an away match. Okay. Yes. And uh, what what was the state of their, I guess, group? Are they, like, I mean, always in need of a win, I guess, but... Yeah, in need of a win, but, but also could use help from Chelsea, who were playing Salzburg. So Chelsea did help Milan out by, uh, by winning their match. So basically the way it stands now is uh, Milan uh, just have to pick up uh, a point and they advance. Uh, and Salzburg have to come in and, uh, and play for the win. So it'll be interesting. Salzburg, uh, I, I was impressed with how they played uh, match day one. Uh, like the way they pressed, it was high intensity. Uh, and like I mentioned uh, earlier in the show with Milan's loss to Torino, I think they uh, were maybe humbled a little bit after their uh, four consecutive Serie A wins. So uh, it should be a good match. Okay. Yeah, so they so in this game specifically ends 4 nothing. So it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, a pretty resounding win for them. And and again, we talked earlier um, about their approach to Reno in the weekend after coming off this match. And again, I think you're, like you said, you, the focus probably was where it should have been and, and is probably focused again further on um, this upcoming match day as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on here, we had uh, a very uh, important game for Juventus in terms of just not um, being completely embarrassed. Cause I think they're already basically out of it <laughs> at this point. But but actually, were they? Because if they won, no, if they won, they could have won. They could have. That's right, but they didn't. Um, <laughs> this game ends uh, in in fantastic uh, humiliating fashion. So Benfica uh, win four to three. Uh, after Silva scores in the 17th minute, uh, Keane actually levels in the 21st, uh, but a PK in the 28th, a Rafa goal in the 35th makes it 3-1, uh, and then a, another goal in the 50th minute would make it 4-1 for Benfica. So two late late goals from Juventus in the 77th uh, for Milik, and then two minutes later from McKenney made it interesting um and had people thinking maybe could they bring it to the last day but again it was not going to happen we knew this when they lost last <laughs> last match day um it was just again this is a, a total and utter disaster from uh, from Juventus in Europe okay but i didn't bother watching the game cuz i knew they were going to lose anyway um what what can, can we talk about i don't want to talk about the game cuz again like i said Benfica no, 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 no. Well, no, not even. Benfica is just a superior team. They showed it in the 1-1 draw against PSG. They showed it uh, in the first game against Juventus, and they showed it in the in, the, in this game. But what I want to, want to talk about is the fact that after the game was done, they huddled into that circle, and then they did it again um, to uh, after the, the win against Lecce. And then the fact that uh, I'm getting a bit off talk, but I just want to kind of vent here. Uh, 
after the game against Lecce, Fajoli went to go applaud the fans because he scored young Juventus youth player. And then it was pulled back by uh, Pinzolo and Fred Katz. Yes. And then the Juventus fans put out a banner saying, the, the Katz, we didn't expect this from you. And Pinzolo, we knew, you know, that we knew this from you. Like, we expected this from you because... Um, can can somebody explain to me mm-hmm. how like mm-hmm. that it's a good, like that it's a good idea or of them thinking let's alienate the fans <laughs> let, let's like the only thing that you can save like that can save you this season is support from the fans and somehow somehow you've lost that your club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the again? What what's the the um, fact that instead of going to the fans and mm-hmm. and and you know after the win, uh, I guess they're they're away. I think were they away? Yeah, they were away. Yeah, against Lecce. Yeah. yeah, they were. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, but then applauding the fans that were there, the uh, like Juventus fans that were waiting. Uh, for for Fajoli, uh, I, I, and then and then pull look why why because the fans were booing you at the beginning of the season because you were shit. Well, and that's what I'm going to ask is what's the uh, what's the impetus for Pinsolio uh, and uh, who would you say Fred Katz? Um, yeah. Why would they have done that? Like, what's what was their reasoning? That I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't understand. I, I think they're just bitter against the fans because. They they weren't applauding their shit performances at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, and again, Katz... this is from Pinzo- from Pinzolio, who's been sitting on the fucking bench his entire career. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. It's it's just a confusing situation. I I don't get any um, any certain way about it because like I don't care enough. Uh, I guess like I. It doesn't make sense, and they're just gonna be doing their thing. So let no, them. I mean, for me, I, I I get I get angry about this because I, I get frustrated because the fans are the ones that pay your salary. The fans are the ones that buy the I mean, tickets that, I mean, that provide. Agnelli, Agnelli that buy, pays salary. Yeah, I get that, but who who where does Agnelli get the money from? Well, I think, I, I, sorry, I think you're... sorry, hold on. Let me rephrase that. No, don't rephrase it. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Leave it exactly the way you said it and clip it. <laughs> Chris was going to say XOR, but, was not, uh... <laughs> but where, where does where, where does the club get its money from other than XOR? Yeah. Um, Fence. Again, I just don't know what. I think you romanticize the impact that fandom and and everything has on the on you know players in the game. I I just I want to know. There's probably a logical reason why they're saying, "Oh no, don't." Like again, are these are they ultras? Is that is that their concern? Is it like you know what I mean? Like well, is there, it... were, there were there were there were the traveling fans. Okay, but again, sometimes those are ultras or whatever. Like, what are they trying to mitigate by saying, hey, no, don't, you don't need to. And again, them having a banner afterwards almost kind of proves it to me that, again, that's the type of fans that they were, right? But I don't know. I, 
I just I don't subscribe to the conspiracy of of Paulo all the time. So I just like to <laughs> I just like to contradict or or provide an alt- alternative opinion. I get that, and and I and I see your point, and I, I will I will provide an, uh, an explanation for it. Okay. I think, like I said, like I said earlier, they're just bitter because the fact that the fans didn't support them at the beginning of the season, even though they're awful. Uh, and I think that um, they're under orders from their awful club captain not to um, interact with the fans, in my opinion. Because th- this this huddle at the in the middle of the park seems to me, has been going on for, for the past two games, seems to me as a way to kind of create cohesiveness and just and isolate them from what's going on uh, on the outside. What's going on? Sorry. <laughs> I, it's all bullshit. It doesn't matter. None, none of this matters, Paulo. None of this matters. They, on I, I, I think I think what all this does is provide a separate storyline about how shitty they they played uh, all season in Europe. So I, again, maybe they're maybe that's their angle. I don't know. Uh, one last point. Um, I was watching Italian TV, and the Juventus fan on the on the talk show that I was watching also said that it's better off that they finish fourth and get knocked out of Europe completely. Yeah, then they just need so to, to focus be honest, on. I don't know if that's even possible. You would need. Uh, they would need to. Lo- they would need to lose to PSG. Handily. You would need a worse goal differential than Maccabi about, Haifa, and they just because, lost seven to two. Yeah, because you guys split the games against them, right? It was two nil and three to one, I believe. Yes. Yeah, so you have the exact same. So it'll come down to total goal differential. I mean, Juve's finishing third. I mean, but, but like I, I, I wouldn't put put it past PSG putting up four. Maybe. But you guys also only lost by one goal against Benfica, right? Those last two goals, those two late goals might yeah. end up hurting you in that way. Then how, what was the score in the uh, Benfica, uh, sorry, PSG Maccabi Haifa game? Hold on. Because um, then it's Benfica Maccabi Haifa, I'm assuming? They lost, they lost, like Michael said, they lost like 7-2, I think. Yeah, 7-2 to PSG. Okay, well, maybe not then. That's that's. What, what's the what's the current goal difference between? I'll tell you. So Juventus are seconds. minus three, and Maccabi Haifa are minus nine. Perfect. Yeah. Juve is going through. Ah, God damn it! <laughs> right. So, yeah, you would need to unless Maccabi Haifa and you win. Need Haifa to get a point. Yeah, yeah. That's the only. Yeah, and and it's possible. I'm not, it's possible. It... Do uh. Can Benfica still win the group? Yes, it's tied eleven eleven. So they're gonna play for a win. So yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, okay, well we'll move right on to more uh, Champions League. So we had Inter, who were host to uh, Victoria Pilsen, and how did that game go? Great. Yay. Um. Inter, so coming into this, just needed to win after their big draw the week uh, prior against Barcelona. A win would put them through. Um, they actually played earlier than Bayern and Barca, which was a little bit strange, but also kind of hilarious because Chabi 
said he made the Barca team watch the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Inter come away, I believe it was a 4-0 victory final. Yeah. Um, just pulling up. Well, now Mkhitaryan, Dzeko, Dzeko, and Lukaku on his return. Um, so it was nice to see Inter kind of come in, take care of business, uh, especially with one match they left and what was supposedly a group of death. Um, so now their game on Tuesday literally means nothing, and I really hope they just feel the youth squad because, yeah, rest the guys for Juve. Lukaku, but Lukaku... Uh, it was his return play, to the or... injury table. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he played like Success. seven minutes in this game, I think, and then played, again, maybe 20 on the weekend. Um, and yeah, he re-aggravated the hamstring injury, which was what had kept him out for so long. Now, there are multiple conflicting reports today. There were some saying he was out until the World Cup. There were some saying he was missing the World Cup. Um, then there was also another one saying... He's only ruled out officially for Tuesday's game. He still might be able to make the bench against Juve. So, who knows? He might be playing on the weekend. He might not be playing in the World Cup. I genuinely have no idea at this point. I know what, I know who's not playing at the World Cup. Paul Pogba. Pogba. Yes. Immobile. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Barella. <laughs> Tonali. Allie. Locatelli. <laughs> we can go on and on. <laughs> Donnarumma? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, next up we had Napoli. What happened with Napoli? Uh, well, they, they had already not clinched first in the group, but they had clinched... Um, a spot in the next round. Uh, they beat Rangers. They were the better team the entire game. Uh, just quickly, former uh, not Canadian national team member Scott Arfield uh, came on for Rangers. Uh, hadn't seen him play in a while, so it was, it was nice to see him. But he was just doing a lot of a lot of defending, a lot of chasing. Um, so yeah, Napoli did win. Uh, Liverpool also beat Ajax. Um, do either of you have Napoli's group standings up? Um, um, yeah. Yes. Hold on. I, can grab I know Napoli are ahead. They, they, they have a perfect points? record. Yeah, they're 15 points. So they should be. I don't want to say guaranteed first, but they would have to lose by a lot. For so they have a differential. Didn't they beat? But didn't they beat? Wasn't Liverpool the first game against Liverpool? I think it was four one. Four one. Four nil or four one. Yeah. So. Yeah, they would. Liverpool would need to win by at least a three goal, actually probably a four goal margin. I think. Uh, yeah, Napoli so Na- Napoli has. They have a crazy differential, so they're plus sixteen, um, and the Liverpool are plus nine. So what was the first? It was four uh, one the first leg with Napoli. Four one, so yeah. So yeah. Liverpool would need to win by a four goal margin to get first. Right. So, if Napoli just play the way they have been, um, even if they do lose by a goal or two, they're they're okay. I mean, do you do you rest players here? I, maybe one or two, but I don't think you can go in and kind of not give a crap because then you do risk losing by four or more, and then you all that work you put in the first five match days is for nothing, and you right. finish second, and then you draw Real Madrid in the first round, and out you go. Hmm. 
Like, That's my well, opinion. Like you know, for example, you rest Kim because um, they play they they uh, Napoli play Atalanta on the weekend. You know, you you rest uh, Osiman as an example. Yeah, like I said, I, I think you could get away with resting some players, as in two or three. But I think any more than that, then you start risk because you know Liverpool is going to put their best eleven out, and they're going to genuinely try and score four mm-hmm. or five goals. So. Uh, I think Spalletti just has to be careful with how much he rotates the squad if he even does at all. I don't think he will, but uh, we'll see. We shall see. And that uh, they play actually in the first of the match days here, so um, or the first of the day, so they play on Tuesday. Uh, uh, I think at four because of the time change? Yeah, it's four. Yeah, so it's a little later for us in the uh, in the west west Western world, um, but we have Napoli tomorrow and Inter as well tomorrow, both at four o'clock. Uh, Inter taking on Bayern Munich. Uh, so yeah, and, just to uh, yeah. clarify with that, Bayern already have Chris locked up into our second locked up, so that's why the game is. Is it in Milan? Yeah. Eh? Uh, no, it's in no, it's, Munich. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say if it was. At home, I I don't know how much Inzaghi would want to just go and throw out the Primavera squad, but if it's in <laughs> Munich, then I think it's easier for him to just throw out yeah. any like, random start, like, players. <laughs> basically, yeah. Start Bellanova, start Aslani, like, go through right. all these guys who aren't getting minutes. Start Kordaz for all I care. Yeah, give him some Champions League experience. Or Club captain Handanovic, throw him yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah. Striker. striker. Yeah, Julie, that's right. <laughs> now we're starting to pick a like. Uh, okay, so that's Tuesday. So let's look at Wednesday. We have uh, Milan against Salzburg uh, and Juve PSG, and that's both at 4 o'clock. So that'll be fine. At least something to watch during the week. Uh, that is Champions League. Now let's look to Europa League. So what do we have there? We had uh, Lazio and Roma. So Lazio were host to Midland, uh, and this game ended 2-1, actually. So uh, Midland scored first early on in the eighth minute. Uh, Isakin, uh scores, but then a Belenkovic savage goal in the 36 would tie it, and then Pedro in the second half would uh, provide the difference for Lazio. So in that group, just uh, again, just to kind of refresh everybody, Lazio are, uh, it was all tied going into this match day. So now with a win, they are they're tied with Sturm Graz at eight points. Uh, Feyenoord and Midland are in three and fourth position with five points themselves. So again, they're still all to play in the final match uh, match day them and uh, Roma were away to HJK uh, and Roma won 2-1 to one as well uh, Tammy goal in the 41st cancelled by Hetemaj in the 54th but uh, an own goal by Hoskinen would give Roma the win um, in the 62nd minute so again in their group let's just uh, confirm there so they are third currently um, they're they're tied on points with Ludogorets so I guess it's the the difference is there a game between them, Paulo? Well, they play Ludogorets and they have got, like for the last game. But did they lose to them? They lost to Ludogorets, yes, in the one. first game, right? The so, so that's game, why. Yeah, two so, one. uh, so a positive result, obviously, a, a a win actually would then see them through. Yeah, exactly. They would. They, right. they have to. They have to beat Ludogorets on Thursday. Right. 
and just to flip towards Lazio, who are first right now, but could finish third because if Feyenoord beats them by enough, uh, they'll obviously also be on eight points, but would, I think, beat Lazio on the head-to-head there. And then if Sturmgrads um, can take a point or more against Midtjylland, then they would pass Lazio That's right. as well. On so points. Lazio exactly. are, are in first, but definitely not uh, not safe right now. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Because even then, they have uh, a minus goal differential already. But I mean, that's you're right. Based on that math, it would surely mean that again, even a point from Sturmgratz at a loss would already put them into third place. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that is Europa League. Uh, let's close that now. The greatest competition on earth, uh, Conference League. We have Fiorentina. Uh, and actually, hold on. First off. What time are those games on Thursday for those other teams? So, uh, La- so Lazio play at 2 o'clock? One, no, one forty-five. One forty-five. Uh Lazio one forty-five and Roma are at four. four right. Yeah. Yeah. So again, Lazio Feonard and uh, Roma Lucrets. Now for the greatest competition on earth, we have Fiorentina who won two one. Again, another two one victory for Italian team in Europe. Uh, over Istanbul, uh, Basikisir. Uh, so Alexic scores for Istanbul early, 14 minutes in, but then a Jovic brace would give Fiorentina the victory, 26 minutes and then 61 minutes on the clock. Um, and again, for Fiorentina, they, uh, I believe, were. I think they qualified, did they, after that? Yeah, win? with that win, I think qualified them. Let me confirm here. They're... Yeah, they're in because they're they're four points ahead of Hearts. Yeah, um, tied with Istanbul, uh, so they're both on ten points. But uh, both like both Hearts and uh, RFS don't have anything to play for. Hearts right. can't move up; they can't move down. So Fiorentina just have to hope that Istanbul can somehow draw or lose. It's unlikely, right. but. I think Fiorentina will still want to go out and make sure they get their three points in case something crazy happens on the other side. Right. Yeah, because I think uh, yeah. So if I remember correctly, of how what happened last year is that the second place team in the Conference League plays the third place team from the Europa League. Yeah, and then if you yeah. win your group, you got to buy to I guess the round yeah. of sixteen. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because that's, that's what happens to Roma. All right. Well. We'll see what happens with Fiorentina. Yeah, because the Roma also won it on the last day too, right? They, they were tied with um, Bobo Glimt. Yeah, Bodo. Yeah, Bobo. 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 Yeah. Bobo. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's it for um, Europe. Then again, they play Regas at eleven thirty our time. Actually, um, and that's on Thursday as well. So that's 11.30 that. European Standard Time? 11.30, yeah, that's right. That's right. 11.30 Apollo Standard Time. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. That's all. Paulo, what do you got? Uh, CRB Minute? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, actually, let's start with, um, so with Prescara. Uh, in their last game, they beat uh, UA Stabia 2-1. And they're actually three points out uh, of first place, so that's good. Um, Chris, two Calabrian teams are in first and second as well. Where's Crotone? Uh, in second. Hey, 
And then there's Captain Zaro with, with uh, 29 points in first. Interesting. Uh, so then moving on to Serie B. Um, Spal tied Sutriol 1-1. Um, Frosinone beat Cosenza uh, 2-1. Palermo got a 2-0 win over Modena. Uh, Venezia lost 2-0 versus Ascoli. Genoa tied Brescia 1-1. Parma beat Como one nothing, and then Cagliari tied Regina one one. So a lot of draws uh, this round. Uh, Frosinone are actually in first. So Fabio Grosso's Frosinone uh, in first, Genoa in second, Terana, which to me that's a surprise, uh, in third, uh, Regina in fourth, Bari in fifth, Parma in sixth, Askley seventh, Brescia eighth, Sutriol, which is again that's a promoted team. In ninth, all I mean, so three teams with 18 points. So put it this way from first to ninth, there's six points difference. Yeah, so it's always always tight in Serie B. Well, there's only 10 points difference in Serie A. Yeah, but... from first to seventh. It's not like those farmers league, eh? In, uh, That's right. In uh, in France and England, <laughs> in Germany. Let's be honest here. So there's only Bayern in Germany. Yes. Uh, are they even in first? I thought. Are they? I thought Union Berlin was in first. Hold on. Yeah, Union Berlin's in first. <laughs> <laughs> even better. <laughs> By one point. Even better. All that money and they can't beat a like wasn't that a wasn't unionized Union, team. No, wasn't Union <laughs> Berlin like just like created like five years ago or something like that? I, I they, they were created when the wall fell. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> Technically. <laughs> Like when do you, like I want to uh, when Chris looks at it looks, looks at fact up uh like how long did it take you to like think of that joke? Oh, what do you mean? It, it, almost immediately. They're <laughs> 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 literally called Union and Berlin. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I mean something something. The club was founded in 1906. So, okay, or there were, or was there in like the third division, like five five years ago or something like that? I can't yeah, remember. They, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Well, from 2009 to 2019, they were in Bundesliga two. Yeah, okay. The sequel to Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> Bundesliga strikes back. <laughs> Adrian's revenge. <laughs> oh God, I, I might be tired. <laughs> okay, let's 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 talk about the three important games coming up on the weekend, and then we'll, we'll wrap. It yes, up. yes, yeah. So, um, do you have them in front of you? I know we have uh, a couple on the Sunday, which are massive games. So the ones on the Sunday, it's uh, the Derby del Castle, so Roma Lazio, Derby del Capitale at. Noon our time because we change 
uh, next week. So next so time, we're yeah. back. Yeah, we're back in time. Yeah, um, we're going back in time. Back to the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at two forty-five, it's the Derby Italia Juventus. I think Juventus is at home, right, Julian? Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. Home. yeah. Juventus. Uh, Juventus. Inter. And then Saturday, I've come, I'm not sure of the time, but I know it's uh, Napoli, Atalanta, I believe. So I'll ask the question. If Juve beat Inter, what are we? What are the implications? What do we think? Because I mean, again, the, they, they would move to twenty-five points, and I mean, depending on how the rest of the teams do as well, like if, depending on how that Rome derby goes, Rome are on twenty-five and Lazio are on twenty-four. So if it's a split, they'll be basically in fifth at this point. Yeah, I mean, the implications are that that they're not out of it. Uh, it's a, it's a. Is what they call it, like a direct game, like a head-to-head against mm. uh, a team ahead of you. A team ahead of you, and a, a team that is a Champions League contender uh, for the for the top four, and and possibly for the Scudetto if they didn't have the the bad start. Uh, personally, I think Inter are going to win. I think the, I think they're just they're they're playing better. They have an, a a style of play. Uh, that's theirs that that they own. Um, I think because if compared to Juventus, who are grinding out results, see the difference that they're. I mean, they're yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. So I think if if Inter, I think if Inter scores early, like in the first in the first half, it's over. Like Juventus aren't coming back in this game. Right. I don't For, know. I wouldn't. Yeah. Go, these games are always. That's that's the thing. About They're derbies, never straightforward, right? and Inter's yeah. defense hasn't been great this year. No, but they, but but Julian, they kind of turned it around, like you like you said earlier in in the, in the show. Uh, since in, in this month, they've turned it to they've won all all their games except for two. Yeah, but again, we they also had that super lucky Fiorentina game thrown in there. Like, I don't know. I'm still weary about Inter. I don't think their defensive issues are resolved by any means. Yeah, but Juventus can't score, and I don't think Vlaovic is gonna be ready. I mean, they're missing twelve players. I don't think Vlaovic is gonna be ready in time. Um, yeah, I, I, they won't be able to buy a goal. Well, I, 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 Chris would disagree, but um, <laughs> with my statement. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think XOR can buy the goal. <laughs> so, like like I said, if Juventus concede early. They're gonna go for it, and then they're just gonna leave gaps uh, in their defense that Inter will be fast enough to exploit. That's the way I look at it. If, of course, on on the other hand, if Inter score early, um, maybe they can at best get a draw because Inter are just too good going forward right now. Especially if, if Latara continues his scoring streak. All right, did he score again last game? Uh no he didn't he did not okay but before that he scored like three straight games or something like that yeah very streaky player yeah but uh, I mean for the Roma game uh, Lazio obviously were already distracted they already were thinking about uh, the the Derby della Capitale they did this last year too I think. They lost both their games before they played against Roma or something like that. I can't, can't remember, but I've seen Lazio do this where 
like a week before the 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 derby, they 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 start losing their shit and they they make dumb mistakes. Uh, already happened against Salernitana. They play midweek against uh, Feyenoord, right, Chris? Uh, yeah, and they need they need to they, win. They need points. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I guarantee you, there's gonna be like rotation because sorry despises Europe. Uh, so again, already thinking about the Roma game in, already. So we'll see if they can even get the the points that they need to to qualify for for the for the Europa League or to move on to in the Europa League. Uh, Roma, clearly, I, I I caught Mourinho's comments at the end, uh, said with un, if, um, unequivocally that they're thinking about their next game. They aren't even bothering to thinking about uh, the derby. So already the mind games have already started, Michael. Like you mean they're 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 thinking about midweek? Yeah, because Roma has to win against Ludogorets. Right. Uh, that game, that game is important, and not not to discount the derby, but that that game's more important than the derby in the grand scheme of things. Right. Uh, I mean, Napoli Atalanta. It's one versus two. Um, I, can anyone stop them? Maybe Atalanta, because of their um, their um, new style yeah. of play. Yeah, and, and they're, they're, they're I guess. Um their schedule right yeah they, 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 have, they have all week to prepare exactly yeah that's right that's right so i'm curious uh thoughts from everyone else um i mean we got a obviously a big big week coming up um i think even like so there's three match days left until the world cup and i think once we hit that world cup break um from that point on once it restarts i think anything can happen i think that's gonna throw a wrench into some teams Mm -hmm. plans um so as you mentioned earlier like juve just trying to stay with it honestly i think even for inter even for milan just trying to stay kind of in that i don't know within seven striking distance right i think yeah exactly i think if you do that i think you're you can have a shot to come back after the World Cup. Yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be such a weird second half again because of this like weird timing with that. There, yeah, there's for sure going to be some repercussions. Weeks. Yeah, there, there's, there's going to be some repercussions. It's yeah. it's a brand new season after that. So, I mean, if yeah. you can come back and have a, a Retiro that's um, sanctioned by uh, Gatti and uh, Pinsolio... <laughs> Um, for Juve and you know no but actually though if, if your team can kind of regroup after you know after the 13 games that will have been played and, and kind of really understand where I think 14 14 whatever it is um, yeah like really get and, and make a plan almost a game plan and say like this is what we need to strategize for going forward I think you can you'll find some teams that maybe yeah like Napoli might not be uncatchable, right? Yeah, I, I think too. You just can't underestimate the value of just having one game a week, so not being in Europe. And we'll just use two current examples: one, which I think Julian just brought up, so Atalanta and Gasparini, right? They finished eighth last year, and I think some people were saying, you know, Gasparini's time is done; they need to move on, they need to start over. 
they're in second. They've been, you know, top three for the majority of the season. So goes to show you that benefit. And then on the other side, you've got Fiorentina, who finished seventh, as we know, last year. And then all of a sudden you add in some European games. And now they're struggling to, you know, string two wins together. Um, so I, I, I can see both sides of it where you, you want to say, you know, yes, you want to still be in Europe, but um, there's definitely an advantage there, at least physically, to only having one game a week. Uh, to that point, Chris, I'm curious to see, because early in the season, Spalletti said that they want to be the team to dominate the rhythm of the game. Uh, I'm curious to see if they can do that. Well, they, I think they will do that against Atalanta, but will they break down Atalanta and will Atalanta you know do what they have been doing all season and hitting teams on the counterattack uh to to get their their points um that's what I that's what I'd be looking for um because they struggle against Lecce and Lecce has, has been a team that's been sitting back even against a team against like Juventus Michael it seemed like it was a relegation mat, uh, mm-hmm. uh, matchup <laughs> so um we'll see cuz they the Lecce to stole a point off of Napoli, if I'm not mistaken. That was one of the two games that they drawn. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, 1-1. One, one. Yeah. So, we'll see. Um, Napoli seemed to struggle against those types of teams. In the in the games that they've dropped points. Right. Let's see, I don't know. I think they beat Juve, so I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah, but... Because they're shit. You've had to struggle that's, to beat Ledger that's, with, that's with the, the lucky goal. But actually, have they played Napoli hey, yet? Sort of Inter. I don't think I don't think they've no, played Napoli yet. No, I'm talking about uh, Juve. No, I don't think point. so. I don't think they've played Napoli yet, so that's exciting for <laughs> some reasons. Oh man, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Uh, anyways, listen, it's an exciting week to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. Again, we got it. Uh, we've got Calcio all week. Um, and then again, we do have a big break coming up. <laughs> but again, let's, uh, we'll use that time to, to reevaluate our, um, just how, just how tight this race is going to be, I think. We'll, we'll go from there. Well, I was going to say, you know how you go around the table, so I want to use my point and reevaluate how um, we shouldn't um, give World Cup bids to or allow World Cup bids from, you know, areas that don't play or aren't able to play in the summer. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it it does, yeah, yeah, it makes sense because again, it, it literally just throws everything off balance. But I mean, I guess they'll try it; they'll see what what, what happens, and <laughs> and probably never do it again. But no, yeah, okay. Well, let's do round table. So that was Paulo. What else we got? Julian, Chris, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we'll go with uh, the Inter. I guess it's a good way to end it. I think. Says you, yeah, Chris. Uh, just a quick summary of 
finals were uh, yesterday. So um, it was Ottawa um, hosting uh, Forge, which is from Hamilton. Uh, Forge ended up winning 2-0. So congratulations to them. I think it's their fourth um, North Star Shield. I don't want to say league championship, league champion because Ottawa were the league champions, but uh, third time Forge have won the playoffs. Congratulations to them. Uh, and they did so without their uh, club captain who uh, played the MLS for uh, for quite a while. He was a TFC. I think he also had a yeah. couple of seasons with Montreal. I was about to right. say, didn't he? yeah, you played with TFC. I remember that. Yeah. That's it for me. All right. Well, then that's it for the show. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. This is much longer. This is literally three times as long as the last show. <laughs> Um, but it's a big welcome back to Paulo and I. I think that's that's why we all did it. Uh, we decided to <laughs> to make everyone endure uh, us talking for for hours uh, about Calcio. So appreciate that. Uh, so again, we have uh, Calcio all week. So make sure you're watching. Even uh, I believe Syria ah, is that uh, actually I'll confirm that. I think they have no no Saturday. Okay, Saturday Sunday. Oh no, no Friday. On oh, Friday, the, yeah, yeah, Friday. Lecce on Friday right. or something like that. That's right. That's right. So we have, yeah. uh, it, there you go. He's early uh, City A match day as well. So again, make sure you're you're keeping an eye on that. Uh, and yeah, we will be back next week with uh, with more recaps and and hopefully a shorter show. But uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following <laughs> us on. Uh, our socials, so at RTW Calcio, both uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and again, we will see you all next week. All right. Bye.